Years ago with Miss Griffin, we did children's church at Gardendale First Baptist. And so she blessed uh, my life by teaching me tons of children's songs. Um, and so, Miss Griffin, I've carried those things without me all my ministry, uh, singing those songs to little kids when I've done camps and stuff like that. But I, the message this morning from John chapter, and I said 14, excuse me, 15, uh, I am reminded of this song that we learned back then. And I just think it's important that we sing it today together. And it's got hand motions, so I think it's important that we, we uh, do that. And whether I can do this mic stand or not, I'm, I'm going to need the mic stand because I've got to teach you the motion. So it goes like this. It's a peach of a Savior. He's the apple of my eye. He trims down the branches when the branches get too high. He bears fruit in season, but his love will never die. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Okay, and I started to kind of, so, <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. He's the vine and I'm the branches. He's the vine and I'm the branches. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Okay, you got that? Okay, awesome. Let's stand up together. We're going to do it together. I'm serious. Okay, so it, let, me, let me go. So he's the peach of the Savior. He's the apple of my eye. He trims down the branches when the branches get too high. He bears fruit in season, but his love will never die. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. And then it goes, glory, glory, hallelujah. Uh, he's the, uh, the vine and I'm the branches. He's the vine and I'm the branches. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Okay, it's not hard. You just remember banana. You remember branches. You got this. Burr. Okay, so, so. He's, I'll lower it. Do I need to lower it? Because I'm done. He's the peach of the Savior. He's the apple of my. He trims down the branches when the branches get too high. He bears fruit in season, but his love will never die. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Glory, glory, hallelujah. He's the vine and I'm the branches. He's the vine and I'm the branches. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Okay, y'all are quick students. So, okay, y'all want to sit down? Okay, we won't do it again. Awesome. Well, let's read this passage together in John chapter 15. It says this, starting with verse 1. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain 
in my commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because you are a, because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Had the privilege to walk around the garden with a friend this last week, a couple of times actually. Um, uh, Ted, he, he gardens and it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. It, it I told him that why he's talking about some of the things, and I'm standing in the garden with him. There was just some things that just stuck out to me that I I could not um, get around. It's almost like God shined a light on a plant and just said, okay, Billy, I want you to see this. I want you to be reminded of this. I want you to recognize this. I mean, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, and we get so caught up in technology and all those things it's good to go back to just kind of the roots, no pun intended, but literally the roots, you know, to go back and see, you know, just the basics of life, you know, that there's sun and there's water, there's ground, there's, there's a seed, it springs forth and it grows and it produces something. And so I'm looking at this squash plant and, and Ted was talking about the fact that they've got these leaves that are shaped in such a way that the water just whether it's the dew in the morning or whether it's rain in the afternoon, it catches that water and it just runs down the plant and it feeds that root and it begins to grow. But this one particular leaf was just standing there. It was just, uh, you know, standing tall and there it was and it's almost as if its hand was extended towards heaven. And, you know, and I know what it was doing. It was just, it was growing towards the sun. It was growing towards that, that source that brings it life. And, but it was in a position that said, I want more. <laughs> I, want, I want more. And I want to continue to grow. And, and to me, it was this, this incredible thing because you could walk out in that garden, and I don't know how often because I'm, I'm not a gardener, but you can walk out of that garden and you can pick some fruit and then our, our vegetables and you can come back and, and harvest more because it continues to be fed. This passage... Jesus is not trying to oversimplify life. He's just trying to bring us to a place of, hey, guys, we get so caught up and so confused about so many things, but let me just explain it like this. I am the vine, and you are the branches. I am the source of all life, and you're the branches. If branches are severed from me, guess what they do? They die. So remain in me. So we look at this, this message this morning, and Jesus says, hey, I am the vine. It's kind of an interesting statement for him to say because the people of Israel recognized that Israel was always referred to as the vine, but Jesus is saying, no, I'm the true vine. 
It's me. I'm the source of life. You know, a vine grows, the seed is planted in the ground. Isn't it amazing to me the picture and the image that we get of death and burial of Jesus Christ? I mean, he is, he is crucified on a cross and he dies. And so he is like a dead seed placed in a tomb, placed in the ground. And there he springs forth and brings life. Jesus was painting a picture for us, and he's letting us see not only through his spoken preaching, but Jesus does object lessons all the time. And so he is painting a picture for us of where life comes from. And he's saying, I am the vine. In other words, I'm going to die on a cross called Calvary. I'm going to give up my life. I'm going to die, and everybody's going to think that is over. They're going to place me in a tomb. They're going to place me in the ground. They're going to bury me. They're going to wrap me in grave clothes, and the deal is done. All I was was a good teacher. All I had a great philosophy. I, I, I did some great things. I healed people. People are going to think that, but that's not what happened. Jesus was placed in the ground, and three days later, he sprung forth life. And Jesus is alive today. When Jesus says that he is the vine, he's saying, hey, I am the source of life. This morning, when you feel like everything's falling apart in your life, can you just say to that, Jesus is the vine? He's the source of life. Not the situation I'm in, not what's going on right now. Jesus is the vine. He was dead, but guess what? He's alive. So I don't, I don't know what state you're in today, but I know there are moments where I feel like, Given up. Well, guess what? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and so if Jesus is dead and still bring forth life, I think he can really do well in my situation. He can bring life in every one of our situations because he is the true vine. Jesus is the source of life. Who is God in this story? I believe God's the proprietor of the garden. He's the one that oversees what's taking place. And <laughs> You know, I, I struggle with Calvinism, okay? I'm not a Calvinist. I, 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 you know, and maybe that makes some of you guys go, oh, get him out of here, run him out. And I'm not going to try to preach anything either way today. But some of this stuff makes me think about it at least, and this passage definitely does so. Because it seems like God is in control of everything. Um, and we know he is, right? Um, he oversees a garden, and God can do with, with that garden whatever he sees fit to do with that garden. He can look at mine in your life, and he, can, he controls it all. I think the powerful thing in this passage today that we need to understand is that God is sovereign. Now, I don't think that means that we're a puppet and we have to be controlled by God for God to accomplish his will and his purpose. But at the end of the day, what God wants will happen. What God wants will happen. What's the objective of the vine? To produce fruit. That is its objective. It's to grow and produce fruit. And that's going to happen. So God is going to walk through his garden, and he's going to make sure that every branch that is failing to do its job, is removed. God is going to walk through his garden, and he's going to make sure that every weed 
every tear, everything that does not belong there that hinders the growth of his garden is removed. Now, I don't understand all that, and I'm going to leave that up to God because that's, that's God's business today. And I'm not trying to take a, you know, an easy path, or maybe I am, but God is in charge, and he is the gardener. To me, it's an amazing thing that God knows exactly what needs to be done. Now, God can be patient. God can go, hmm, that, that thing looks weak. Let's, let's help it along, and let's see what we can do to help it grow But this passage says, Jesus says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more fruit. So God's garden is going to produce fruit. He's got a purpose, and he's got a plan. If you've lost sight of the fact that you're um, the branch today, we need to recognize that that we're to be producing fruit for God. I mean, you've got a lot of goals and objectives, right? You've got a lot of things you want to do with your life, but you and I better be fruit bearers. We better bear fruit, and that's the fruit of God. So we know Jesus' role in this. He's the true vine. We know God's role. He's the gardener. What's our role? Our role is to remain. You look at this passage today, and let me just read this to you. It says, fruitfulness is in the result of the son's life being reproduced in a disciple. The disciple's part, which is that us, is to remain. And so in this passage, you can see that the word remain happens 11 times. 11 times in John chapter 15, we get the word remain, 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 remain. Remain. I, I, I don't know, but when a preacher does that, you're like, okay, come on, man. You repeated yourself a bunch of times. But when Jesus does that, you go, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe I need to get this. It, in the book of John altogether, Jesus used the word remain 40 times. In this one book, remain. He's saying, hey, stay connected. Like I told you a moment ago, I went in the garden with Ted, and I'm telling you, if, if a branch breaks off, guess what it's going to do? Die. So we've got this responsibility to remain connected to the Father. Now, in this passage, there's a couple of, I think, interesting things you've got in verse 3, in verse 7, and verse 12, some ways that we can remain. So let me read those. In verse 3, it says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. And I think the first way that we remain is remembering the message of God in our lives through His Word. We remain by reading God's Word. Isn't it interesting that when you and I get tired we get weary. We got a lot going on in our life. One of the first things to go from our life is the Word of God. I mean, it is, right? I mean, are the, I, maybe I'm speaking for you guys. That's how it is for me. Because I think of all the things that I got to do. And I'm telling you, reading the Word, if I want to go to sleep, I start reading something. You know, I get, I get the Bible late at night and I start reading that. Next thing you know, I'm, <laughs> I wake up with a little drool on my Bible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's what's happening. And that's because sometimes I mistake and give God's word uh, very little value. Now, 
I'm telling you, when 11.30 comes around, guess what Billy's going to be doing? He's going to be finding a place to eat. You know what I'm saying? At, at work, 11.30 come around. I'm, I'm like asking guys on Monday, because that's office day. I'm like, okay, guys, where are we going to go eat? Because I, I want to know that. Um, 6 o'clock comes around. I'm going to make sure that mealtime is going to happen somehow, some way. It's like, okay, who's going to feed me tonight? Let me call somebody. And uh, I'm going over there to eat. Guys, God, Jesus is the vine, and we're the branches. I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but the branch is not going to survive without water and sun and nutrients. And you and I are not going to survive without the Word of God in our lives. I mean, what are you living by every day if you're not reading the Word of God? Your thoughts and your opinions? Your three-and-a-half-pound brain making all the moves and making all the decisions? You and I have got to come to a place where we go, you know what? God's bigger and better than I am. God knows more than I do. God's the gardener. He's sovereign. He, he knows how to take care of things. And if I'm going to remain in Him, I need to be in His Word. Verse 7 says this, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. The next thing that I believe that we need to remain in is a communication line with God. I want to say prayer there, but we've, we've kind of made prayer a religious thing. It's something that, you know, where a deacon gets up and he's like, Oh, holiest Father, God of this universe. You know, you know and it's just... It's, it's this talk, this rhetoric sometimes. But if we're going to remain in God, we've got, to, we've got to pray, but it needs to be an open line of communication, a conversation with God each and every day. It, it, it needs to start out. The day needs to start out with prayer. I, I see in the gospel where one morning Jesus woke up before the sun was even out, and he went and talked to the Father. It seems to me that that was a, a daily habit of his, to, to go and talk to the Father. It, it, that confuses me a little bit because he is God, and he is the Word. He's got it all. What is he talking to God about? And then I remember, wait, Jesus is doing that, for example. Jesus is doing that so I can see what is needed each and every day. Now, Jesus is also doing that because I think there's a, a simple thing that maybe we miss sometimes. He has a relationship with His Father. He loves His Father and His Father loves Him. Well, guess who God is to us? Our Father. We'll look in this passage in a minute where He, tell you, he says it. He says, hey, you know, you're not slaves. I'm not going to call you a servant anymore. You know what I'm going to call you? I'm going to call you my friend. I remember young in ministry when I'd, I talked about God being our friend and I, and I had an older guy go, well, now you shouldn't make light of God like that. You know, he's, he's God. He's not, he's not a friend. What, a friend? <laughs> but, you know, but no, that, in this passage right here, that's exactly who he is. That's exactly what God desires to be in our life, our friend. So in prayer, even though sometimes we make it this religious obligation, Prayer is us waking up, if we can visualize it, it's like sitting at a table. You know, maybe God's kind of brought a flower to the table. Um, you know, maybe God's fixed a little meal for you. It's 
just that aroma of coffee that's fresh brewed. You know, just that moment that we have with God to talk to Him and really take in that relationship. That should happen every day in our lives. The enemy is always striving to remove that from our life. Like I said, for me, the Word is the first to go, and then prayer is right there behind it. They sometimes go together. But we need it. What does Jesus say? Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and a full and meaningful life. Now, Satan can throw sins at us all the time, and we're like playing baseball with it. We can knock him out of the park. Get away from me, Satan. But sometimes we just forget the basics, the word and prayer. And if the enemy's trying to kill us, he's got to remove the source of life from me and you. So the word, prayer, and another thing that I I think if we're going to remain in Christ, and Jesus points out in verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. If if we're going to remain in Christ, we got to remember his commandments. You know, he's got ten of them that are, that are glaring. But he summed them up in two, and he says that's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to remain in Christ, you let that be your life's philosophy. To love God with everything that you are, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You know, that really requires discipline. That doesn't happen naturally. My little girl, she plays softball. We, I was telling Katie earlier this morning, right before we practiced, we, we had what was called midnight madness Friday night. And it's exactly what it is. It's crazy. I don't know whoever thought of this. They, they need to I don't, be ran out of town. They, I, don't, I don't know who thought of, hey, let's start girls' softball games at 1 a.m. in the morning and play a bracket and play all, all night long. But that's, that's what we did. But anyway, girls softball is an interesting thing. When my daughter was uh, young, I mean, she, just, she had natural talent. I could throw things at her, and boom, she's catching it. She's got this. And I'm like, of course, I'm a prideful dad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she's oh, those poor other girls, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, she could play. But now we do a little bit of travel ball, and it's interesting because then you see girls with real talent. And that talent's not because they were born that way. That talent is because they worked at it. That talent's because they just swung the bat more than the other girl did. They, they caught fly balls more than the other girl did. They fielded balls more than the other girl did. They worked and they, they develop their craft. When Jesus says to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it should be something that we go, okay, how do I look at this day? And how do I love God in this way? How do I give God my best? I can't say that I give God my best every day. I personally just go through the motion sometimes. Now, I can say there have been moments in my life where, man, I rocked that out. I was like, whoo, I was on fire, and 
And it was amazing. I saw fruit. I saw lives changed. I saw my personal life changed. I saw things in my life that I didn't even know exist that I needed to get out of my life. And it's hard to remain in that place all the time. But folks, we got to challenge ourselves to get to that place where we love God so passionately that we love Him with all of our heart, that we love Him with all of our soul, with, that we love Him with all of our mind and all of our strength. That means the things that we digest every day, that we put in our lives, may be things that we need to remove from our lives. Yeah, I've, I've had some crazy things go on in my life because of just personal experience. And, and so internet has been something that's been really hard for me to have, you know, here lately. And, uh, and television, I've turned it off in my house and things like that. And so a lot of things have just been removed from my life, not because I'm trying to be spiritual just because they just needed to go. There was other things that were priority. And so I made those things priority. But it's been amazing to me that I've taken those things from my life, how my thought process has changed. How I find myself sometimes in a silent house and it gets me thinking about things that I need to be thinking about. It puts me in a position where I want to talk to God. I I remember growing up, um, the power would go out. And that, the, that's a very strange thing Like um, because when the power went out at the Smith house, and there was some craziness at the Smith house growing up, but when the power went out at the Smith house, that was a fun time. I mean, because my dad had old lanterns, old kerosene lanterns, and he'd put them in the living room. And we would just sit around and we would talk to one another. And my dad, he'd tell some crazy story and make us laugh. And, and my mom, she could tell some stories. And it was a lot of fun. But the power was out, you know. And sometimes in our lives, we got to get in a place that we turn everything off and we turn our relationship with God on. And I think that's what that passage is saying to us today, that Jesus is saying, hey, you're, you're going to remain in me by remaining in the Word. You're going to remain in me by remaining in prayer. You're going to remain in me by following my commandments. What are my commandments? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How do you do that? Stop loving everything else with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the first thing you look at in the morning? For me, it was my cell phone. Who messaged me? What am I missing? What's what's going on? What's happening? Uh, Email. Oh, my goodness. What's, What's... Am I loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength in that moment? No way. My passions have fallen somewhere else, and they've fallen short of putting my attention on the Almighty. And I've put my attention on something else. Now, this message today, it's not to beat anybody up in this room. It's a simple message of, hey, maybe we need to redirect, redirect where we're growing and what we're growing towards. It's like I told you, I walked in that garden and that squash plant was just extended up to heaven. It realized where the source of light Life came from, it says, feed me. 
I look at this today and I think, man, so many times we direct ourselves in a way that we're growing. I mean, we're living life. But are we living the life that God wants us to live? Are we doing the things that God would want us to do? Are we missing opportunities? Here's what I know. According to this passage, Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So he says, hey, not only am I going to tell you about living out my commandments, but then he says, hey, I want you to love people like I loved you. That's crazy love. What did I say the objective of the, the, the vine was to do? What is God the Father doing when he's walking through, pruning and cutting off, hacking away, removing things? He is getting that vine in the position to produce fruit. And so Jesus said, here, I'm going to sum it up for you. You want to know how to produce fruit? It's not learning how to be a theologian. It's not learning another doctrine. It's not, you know, doing all these spiritual things. It's loving people. And it's loving them in the same way that I loved you. Verse 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. He chose you to produce lasting fruit. I look at this passage and it, God's role, he's the proprietor of the garden or the vineyard. Jesus' role, he is the vine. Mine and your role, we're the branches. And at the end of the branches, what should be there but fruit? If we want to remain in God, we need to remain in his word. We need to remain in prayer, and we need to remain in his commandments. And the commandment he throws out there is he says, hey, I want you to love people the way I loved you. And you will produce fruit. He's the peach of the Savior. He's the apple of my eye. He trims down the branches when the branches get too high. He bears fruit in season, but his love will never die. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. Glory, glory, hallelujah. He's the vine and I'm the branches. He's the vine and I'm the branches. That's why I'm bananas for the Lord. This morning, are you really connected to the Father? I've encouraged you to remain, but maybe you're not even connected to the branch. I'm, I'm calling out to you, come to this altar. Connect yourself. And some of you this morning, you've been connected a long time. But just, it's not what it used to be. 
church. God's called us to be different. He's called us to produce fruit. This morning, I invite you to this altar. Don't, don't hold back. Say, God, I want to be connected to you. God, I need to get back in the Word. I need to be praying. And God, I need to be living out your commandments. I invite you to come. Lord God, I pray for the service this For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.